0: Hi, my name is China Mievel. Uh, I've written several novels uh, and a collection of short stories for, uh, written for adult readers. Uh, and I'm going to read to you today from uh, my novel Dun*, which is the first thing I've written specifically with younger readers in mind. Um, the only thing I think that we need to know about this uh, this section here is that there are two young girls from London called Zana and Deba. And Zana has been uh, very strange. Things have been happening to her, uh, and she keeps being referred to as the Schwazi. And she's learnt that that means chosen. And they've found their way into a strange world, which is like a kind of uh, a, a grungy mag- magical version of London. They've been chased by uh, predatory rubbish, which is what in London we call what you call trash. Uh, their cell phones don't work, and they've just been saved from an attack of uh, marauding trash. Oi! A voice came from behind them, and stones began to whistle past them. Someone grabbed Deba and Zanna and hauled them out of the alley. It was a boy. They stared at him as he elbowed in front of them, chucking more pebbles and bits of brick and brandishing a stick at the rubbish, which was cowering. Go on, he said. He threw another well-aimed stone, and the rubbish flinched and retreated. Get out of it, the boy shouted. Disgusting! And the rubbish scrambled to get away. Zanna and Deba stared. The boy turned to them and winked. He was about their age, very thin and wiry, dressed in odd, patched-up, grubby clothes. His hair was messy, his face shrewd. He was raising an eyebrow. "'What's that all about?' he said, putting his hands on his hips. "'You ain't scared of a trash pack, are you?' "'Pests like them,' he lobbed another stone. "'If you're that yellow, why are you walking in the back-wall maze? "'You wouldn't like it if they came swallowing into your manor, would you?' All right, mind how you go. He nodded and half-grinned, gave them a little salute and strode off away from the wall, brushing dirt from his already dirty clothes. Wait a minute, Deba managed to say. We don't know where we are, Zanna said, and their voices trailed off as they turned to watch the boy go and saw the square he had pulled them into. It was big full of stores and scores of people, movement, the bustle of a market. There were costumes and colours, but above all, the girls' attention was taken by the light shining down from above. In the narrow alleys, they'd only seen slivers of sky. This was the first time they'd had a clear view. The sky was grey, not blue. Here and there were a few scurrying clouds, unfolding like milk in water. They moved in all different directions, as if they were on errands. Debes, said Xana, swallowing. What is that? Deba's throat dried as she looked up. The orb above them was huge and low in the sky, a circle at least three times the size of the sun. It shone with peculiar, cool, dark light, like that of some autumn mornings, giving everything crisp edges and shadows. It was the yellow-white of a grubby tooth. Deba and Zanna looked directly at it without hurting their eyes for long seconds, their mouths wide open. The sun had a hole in it. It hung over the city, not like a disc or a coin or a ball, but like a donut. A perfect circle was missing from its middle, and they could see the grey sky through it. What is that? said Zanna again. Deba stepped forward, staring at the impossible sun shining like a fat ring. ''What's going on?'' she shouted. People in the market turned to look at her. ''Where are we?'' After a few seconds, everyone went back to their business, whatever that was. ''OK, we have to figure this out,'' Deba said. Behind them was a blank concrete wall, the edge of the maze they'd come through, broken by a few alley entrances. In front, the market stretched as far as they could see. Hesitantly, the two girls stepped into the rows of tents, buyers and sellers, there was nowhere else to go. They were immediately surrounded by the animated jabbering of a market morning. Debra and Zana kept looking up at that extraordinary hollow sun, but the scene around them was almost as bizarre. There were people in all kinds of uniforms, mechanics overalls smeared in oil, firefighters' protective clothes, doctors' white coats, the blue of police, the neat suits of waiters with cloths over one arm, All these uniforms looked like dressing-up costumes. They were too neat and somehow a bit too simple. There were other shoppers in hotchpotch outfits of rags and patchworks of skin and what looked like taped-together bits of plastic or foil. Look, Deba whispered. Here and there were the strangest figures, people whose skins were no colours skin should ever be or who seemed to have a limb or two too many or peculiar extrusions or concavities in their faces. Yeah... "'said Zanna, with a sort of hollow, calm voice. "'I see them.' "'Is that it?' "'You see them?' Deba said. "'What are they?' "'Well, how should I know? "'But are you surprised, after everything?' "'A woman went by, pedalling furiously as if she were on a bicycle, "'striding on two enormous spindly me- mechanical legs. "'Strange little figures flitted by at the edges of the market, "'too fast to clearly see.' Deba murmured an apology as she bumped into someone, and the woman who bowed politely to her wore glasses with several layers of lenses, lowered and raised on levers, seemingly at random. ''Lovely arrangements,'' the girls heard. ''Get them here, brighten up the home.'' Beside them was a stall bursting in flamboyant bouquets, carefully arranged in coloured paper. ''They're not flowers,'' Deba said. ''They were tools.'' Each was a bunch of hammers, screwdrivers, spanners and levels, bright plastic and metal, carefully arranged and tied together with a bow. What on earth are you wearing? Zanna turned as someone picked at her hoodie. The man was tall and thin, with a jagged halo of thick, spiky hair. His suit was white and covered with tiny black marks. It was print. His clothes were made from pages from books, immaculately sewn together. ''No, this won't do,'' he said. He spoke quickly, tugging at Zanna's clothes too fast for her to stop him. ''This is very drab, can't possibly keep you entertained. ''What you need,'' he flourished his sleeve, ''is this, the hottest of couture. ''Be entertained while you wear. ''Never again need you face the misery of unreadable clothes.'' Now you can pick your favourite works of fiction or non-fiction for your sleeves, perhaps uh, a classic for the trousers, poetry for your skirt, historiography for socks, scripture for knickers. Learn while you dress. He whipped a tape from his pocket. He yanked at his head and Zanna and Diba winced and gasped. What had looked like hair was countless pins and needles jammed anyhow into his scalp, a handful of which he pulled out. "'The man did not bleed or seem to suffer any discomfort "'from treating himself as a pincushion. "'He wedged some of the pins back into his head "'and there was a faint pfft with each puncture "'as if his skull were, were velvet. "'Busily he began to pin bits of paper to Zanna, "'scribbling measurements on a notebook. "'But what if it rains, you say? "'Well then, rejoice as your outfit cuddles you "'in its gentle slushing "'and you're given the, the opportunity for an entirely new book. "'How wonderful! I have a vast selection.' He indicated his stool, crammed with volumes from which assistants tore pages and stitched. What genres and literatures are to your taste? Please, stammered Xana. Leave it, said Deber. Leave us alone. The girls turned and ran. Hey, the man shouted. Are you all right? But they did not slow down. They ran past chefs baking roof tiles in their ovens and chiselling apart bricks over pans, frying the whites and yolks that emerged past confectioners with jars full of candied leaves, past what looked like an argument at a honey stall between a bear in a suit and a cloud of bees in the shape of a man. At last they reached a little clearing deep in the market containing a pump and a pillar. They stopped, their hearts pounding. What are we going to do, said Deba? I don't know. They looked up at that empty-hearted sun above them. Deba dialed her home once more on her cell. Hello, Mum, she whispered. There was frenetic buzzing. From a little hole in the back of her phone burst a handful of wasps. Deba shrieked and dropped the phone and the wasps flew off in different directions. Her phone was broken. She sat heavily at the pillar's base. Zanna stared at her and her face began to crease. It'll be okay, said Deba. Don't, it'll be all right. How, said Zanna. How will it? Zanna and Deba stared at each other. From her wallet, Zanna drew out the strange travel card she'd been sent weeks ago that had set everything in motion. She stared at it as if it might contain some clue, some advice, but it was only a card. Deba put her arm around her friend, and they sat quietly. Ahem. Cautiously, the two girls looked up. Standing before them was the boy, the boy who had scared off the trash pack. He eyed them with a look somewhere between sarcasm and concern. I was just wondering, he said slowly, is that yours? He pointed near their feet at an empty cardboard milk carton. Zana and Deba stared at it. The carton moved eagerly towards them, opening and closing its folded spout. Deba and Zana yelped and withdrew their feet. It was one of the pieces of rubbish that had chased them earlier. I thought maybe it was a pet, he said. No, Deba said. No, it's not ours. We was, um, it was... It must have followed us, said Zana. "Righto," the boy said, stuck his hands in his pockets and whistled a tune. He looked at them quizzically. Well, I'll, um... Can I just ask, are you okay? He sat down beside them. What are your names? I'm Hemi. Pleased to meet you and all that. He stuck out his hand. Zanna and Deba looked at it suspiciously. Eventually, they shook it and said their names. So what's up with you two then, he said. What's happened? We don't know what's happened, Zanna said. We don't know where we are, said Deba. We don't know what that is, she pointed up into the sky. We don't know what's going on, Zanna finished. Well, Hemi said slowly, you dunno a lot, do you? But I might be able to help you. I can tell you where you are for a start. His voice dropped, and the girls eagerly leaned in to hear him. You're, he whispered slowly, in unlun dun. The girls waited for the words to make sense, but they didn't. Hemi was grinning. Unlun dun, he repeated. Un, said Zana, Lun yeah, he said. Un-London. And suddenly the three sounds fell into a different shape and Zanna said the name. Un-London. Un-London, Deba said. Hemi nodded and crept closer. Un-London, he said and reached for Zanna. Hey, a loud voice interrupted. Zanna, Debra, and the boy jumped up. The milk carton squeaked out air and scuttled behind Deba. There in front of them was the pincushion man, his needles winking in the light. Don't you dare, the book-wearing fashion designer shouted. Get out. Hemi leapt up, made a rude noise and sped away, ducking at astonishing speed between the legs of passers-by, into the crowd and out of sight. What are you doing? Zanna shouted. He was helping us. Helping, the man said. Do you have any idea who that was? He's one of them. One of who? A ghost. Deba and Zanna stared at him. You heard me, he said. A ghost. He's from Wraith Town. And did he make you get really close to him? I knew it. One more minute and he'd have possessed you. That's what they want. They're desperate for bodies. They'll possess you soon as look at you. Sneaky little whisper. Possess me? Absolutely. Why do you think he was talking to you? But he has a body, said Zanna. We shook his hand. The man looked a little put out. Well, yes, technically he has a body, that one. If you want to be really precise about it, he's a half-ghost. But don't you be fooled by his whole, oh, flesh and bone, just like you, act. He'll steal your body, just like the rest of his family. It's just as well I came looking for you, the man said. You worried me back there. I mean, I suppose I can understand someone not wanting to benefit from the uh, astonishing opportunity of this new form of apparel, which literally clothes you in education... Seeing their faces, he cut this patter off with visible effort. Ah um, sorry. Anyway, the point is, you both looked so scared. I wanted to check you were all right. Zana stared into the crowd. What is this place, she said. What do you mean, the pin-haired man said. It's Rogue Day. This is Rogue Day Market, of course. You can't seriously tell me you haven't been here before. What's that? Before Zana could stop him, he'd reached out and taken the travel card from her. "'Give that back!' she shouted. "'The man's eyes were growing wider and wider, "'and he gaped at the piece of card and back at Zanna. "'Oh, my fizzy dog,' he said. "'No wonder you're confused. "'You're not from here at all. "'You're the Schwazi. "'There was an intake of breath "'from the little group of market-goers around them. "'Zanna and Deba looked at each other "'and at the people watching. "'Among the women and men in those unconvincing uniforms,' were odder figures still, like a woman who seemed made of metal, and someone wearing one of those old-fashioned diving suits with weighted boots and a big brass helmet, windowed with dark glass, and everyone was staring at Zanna. "'Unstable's boots,' someone said reverently. "'I can't believe it. The Schwazi. "'Well,' Zanna said, "'I don't know.' "'Wait,' the pin-haired man said, and looked around. "'We have to be careful. We need to take you somewhere safe, just in case.' "'I can't believe you're here, and you brought a friend,' he nodded politely to Diba. "'But there'll be time for all this later. Right now, let's get you out of here.' "'School,' he said. "'You go check the schedule. You know where we're going and how.' The diver gave a laborious nod and headed off. "'I'll get the Shwasi and her friend ready, if,' he added, with sudden politeness. "'That's all right with her. "'And everyone else?' he looked at the people listening. "'Not a word about this. Stumm. This is our chance.' The onlookers nodded. If you'll follow me, we'll get ready. It'll be my honour to take you. Xana said nothing, but he continued. Oh, you're willing? That's marvellous. Really, we've not been introduced. You are the Schwazi, and as I say, it's an honour. He said the last phrase so quickly, it was almost like one word. And as I say, it's an honour. I'm Obeday Fing, the couturier of Obeday Fing designs. Perhaps you've heard of me. Not the wearable books, I know, but perhaps the edible cravat? No, the two-person trouser? Doesn't ring a bell? Never mind, never mind. I'm at your service. This is Deba, said Zanna, and I'm the Schwazie." Absolutely, the man said. A pleasure. Now, if you please, Schwazi, I don't want to alarm you, but you've already had a run-in with an attempted flesh theft, and I'll feel much happier if you stick with me. From behind them was the clatter of the milk carton. Go away, Zanna told it. The carton retreated a few centimetres. Air whistled from its spout. It sounded like whimpering. Trazzy, please, Thing said, beckoning. All right, Deba said to the carton. She nodded at Zana. I'll sort it. You can come, she said to the rubbish, but if you gang up with your friends again, you're gone. Deba jerked her head in invitation and the milk carton scampered after her, rolling over the cobbles. Behind them, the last of the little gathering dispersed. Several people watched Zana go. They looked excited and secretive and very pleased. One man was standing still. He was chubby and muscular, squeezed into a painter's dungarees, complete with streaks of paint. Deba looked back and he met her eyes for a moment, then looked at Zana very thoughtfully. He disappeared into the crowd. What, said Zana, pulling Deba to come. Nothing, said Deba. I just feel like someone's watching us. Watching you, she thought, and looked at her friend. To subscribe to the Writer's Block and hear more stories, please visit www.kqed.org. Slash writer's block. The writer's block is produced by KQED.